Welcome to The Daily Drive with Josh Downs, a podcast where I'll be sharing principles and insights each and every day to help you on your personal journey through life. Things to better help you move forward from wherever you are to where you want to be. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to day seven of Get Grateful. You're listening to The Daily Drive with Josh Downs. And again, this is day seven of our 10-day series on gratitude, where each day leading up to Thanksgiving, we'll focus on different aspects, stories, and principles of gratitude, all in an effort to cultivate an attitude of gratitude and hopefully focus a little bit more in our life on what we have instead of what we don't. Now, a quick update on my Give Thanks for Gas fundraiser. We're sitting at just over $2,400, which is amazing. And I can't thank everyone enough that's donated and contributed to just a fun little way of of saying thanks to those that will be working on Thanksgiving away from their family and friends so that we can be with ours. I'm hoping to get to an even 2,500. So if anyone would still like to donate, we could just use a little bit more to get us home. You can find the fundraiser on Facebook under Give Thanks for Gas, or you can Venmo me even directly at Joshua-Downs on Venmo. We still have two more full days to go, and I'm confident that we're going to get there. And I'll keep you updated as we go. Now, today's thought on gratitude comes from an article in Reader's Digest about an elementary teacher by the name of Mrs. Klein. As this teacher learned, some of the most moving lessons are taught not always by teachers, but sometimes by students. When Mrs. Klein told her first graders to draw a picture of something for which they were thankful, she couldn't help but think how little these children who lived in a deteriorating neighborhood actually had to be thankful for. She knew that most of the class would draw pictures of turkeys or of bountifully laden Thanksgiving tables, that was what they believed was expected of them. What took Mrs. Klein back was Douglas's picture. Douglas was incredibly shy and likely to be found close to her, just like a shadow, whenever they went outside for recess or just about anywhere else. And little Douglas's drawing was simply this, a hand. Obviously, she recognized it as a hand, but whose hand was it, she thought. The class was captivated by his image. I think it must be the hand of God that brings us food, said one student. A farmer, said another, because they grow the turkeys. (laughs) It looks more like a policeman, and they protect us. I think, said Lavina, who was always so serious, that it's supposed to be all the hands that help us. But Douglas could only draw one of them. Mrs. Klein had almost forgotten Douglas completely in her pleasure at finding the class so responsive. When she had the others at work on another project, she bent over to his desk and asked whose hand it was. And Douglas mumbled, It's yours, teacher. Then Mrs. Klein recalled that she had taken Douglas by the hand from time to time. And she often did that with the children, but that it should have meant so much to Douglas was a surprise. Perhaps she reflected this was her Thanksgiving and everybody's Thanksgiving, not the material things given to us, but the small ways that we give something of ourselves to others. And I love this story when I first heard it because I remember seeing lots of kids like Douglas back when I was growing up as well as when I was teaching. There were always kids that were shy or didn't feel comfortable around others, but who longed for human connection like we all do. And the truth is, all of us, like Douglas, need a hand to hold from time to time. While I'm certainly grateful for the countless hands that have held mine over the years through the dangers and insecurity of youth, the difficult decisions leading into adulthood, the financial struggles, navigating divorce and being a single dad, and through my own crisis of faith, and I think we best show our gratitude for the hands that have held ours 
by finding opportunities to hold others' hands. President Dieter F. Uchtdorf, a leader of my faith, told of a story that reminds all of us of whose hands ours can be. In a talk not long ago, he said, A story is told that during the bombing of a city in World War II, a large statue of Jesus Christ was severely damaged. When the townspeople found the statue among the rubble, they mourned because it had been a beloved symbol of their faith and of God's presence in their lives. Experts were able to repair most of the statue, but its hands had been damaged so severely that they could not be fully restored. Some suggested that they hire a sculptor to make new hands, but others wanted to leave it as it was, a permanent reminder of the tragedy of war. Ultimately, the statue remained without hands. However, the people of the city added on the base of the statue of Jesus Christ a sign with these words, You are my hands. There is a profound lesson in that story. When I think of the Savior, I often picture Him with hands outstretched, reaching out to comfort, to heal, to bless, and to love. And He always talked with, never down to people. He loved the humble and the meek and walked among them, ministering to them and offering hope and salvation. That is what He did during His mortal life. It is what He would be doing if He were living among us today. And it is what we should be doing as His disciples. He said, we can talk all we want about love, but true love will always be found in action, not words. As he said, true love requires action. We can speak of love all day long. We can write notes or poems that proclaim it. We can sing songs that praise it and preach sermons that encourage it. But until we manifest that love in action, our words are really nothing. The neat thing about using our hands to give to others from what we've been given, as I've mentioned several times already, is that we are given so much more in return. As we extend our hands and hearts towards others in Christ-like love, something wonderful happens to us. Our own spirits become healed, more refined and stronger. We become happier, more peaceful, and are more receptive to the whisperings of the Holy Spirit. Through giving, we receive. So my invitation is to think of and thank first those hands that have held yours over the years but then to find a way that you can repay those gestures by holding others' hands during their difficult moments in life. I'm sure if you think long enough that someone will come to mind to thank and to give a hand to. What an incredible opportunity we have. We get to choose every day how to use our hands. And for those who choose to use their hands to express gratitude through helping, through healing, through loving and lifting, There will continue to be hands both seen and unseen, helping, healing, lifting, and loving you. Thanks everyone for listening today and always, and remember to give thanks today for the hands that hold. And can I just point out the blessing and impact a hand is to a child? We don't remember what it was like to be so little in such a big world, to feel alone around so many people, to be afraid and unsure of so many things, Will you keep an eye open, especially for any child that is in need of a hand today? A hand to hold, a hand to cuddle with, a hand to lift, a hand to help. When you give a child your hand, you give them so much more than you can possibly imagine. So please watch out for those like Douglas out there. They need us. They need our hands, as do so many others. And you know what might be a fun activity for you and your family to do today? is to draw a hand turkey. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. And maybe write a thank you note in it for someone's hands that you are thankful for 
and to give it to that person to let them know of your appreciation for the hand that held yours. There's only a few more days to Thanksgiving, so let's keep giving our thanks. Until next time in day eight of Get Grateful, I'm Josh Downs and this is The Daily Drive.